This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up? This is Robert Ory. You might know me as Big Shot Bob, and I want you to check out my new podcast, The Big Shot Bob Pod. We'll always be talking hoops, football, sports, and I'm going to bring you some big guests like Lakers legend Shaquille O'Neal in our premiere episode. I know I didn't come in to train the camp the best of shape, but... Well, well you I'm, did one time. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe now to The Big Shot Bob Pod on the Podcast One app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090, the Black Oak in Oakland, the South Suburbs Finest Casual Upscale Dining, and Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Let's drop the trade deadline puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Navo and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here I is Chicago! Woo! Welcome into a trade deadline spectacular edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Navo from NBC Chicago and the Athletic Chicago. And with me, as always, hasn't been traded yet, and it looks like he's safe for another trade deadline. Jay Zawoski is 670 the score. Jay, Blackhawks making some moves this week. They actually added some pieces, despite what Stan Bowman said about, oh, I like where we're at. Well, I think he probably did like where they're at, but when you know certain opportunities present themselves, like Johnny Oduya, that's a name we've been hearing from a lot of our emailers as the year went on. People saw Dallas falling out of it. They know he's unrestricted. It was sort of a natural conclusion to draw. As of yesterday, I wasn't too sure that it was going to get done, and then it picked up steam last night. And, uh, you know, I, I, overall, very positive about what the Hawks did at the deadline. They gave up no assets. Um, they gave up low draft picks, and they got two players that can legitimately help them on the way you know, to a Stanley Cup. Johnny Oduya, we know, has great chemistry with Nicholas Jalmerson. I think he's taken a step back. I think you probably think he's taking a step back. Most people do. But Sam Bowman today said, this is the same guy we had two years ago. So if Oduya is healthy, Bowman expects him to be that same guy and to play with Nicholas Jalmerson when he returns. So um, if he's even a shadow of that, it's an absolute home run to trade Mark McNeil, who was doing literally nothing in Rockford. Um, and, and literally, had he, he had every chance in the world to crack this rotation. He couldn't do it. And that tells you everything you need to know about how the Blackhawks. And I don't know if you saw John Dietz wrote a piece about uh, McNeil, uh, probably I think about a week ago or so, with quotes from Ted Dent, the Rockford head coach, saying that his problem is focus. His problem is sort of, you know, sticking with it and getting over the mental hurdles of things. He's got the ability, he's got the talent, he just can't seem to get his head into the game. Well, that's something that's really difficult to fix. You know, people's personalities don't change. And uh, maybe McNeil, I think we're looking at another Jack Skilly type that if he does make it to the NHL, it's going to be in a very, very limited role. Yeah, and I mean, you're not 
you're not looking at a guy who has superstar potential by any stretch. Because, like I said, if the Blackhawks thought that he had a ounce of potential to thrive in their system, he would have gotten a shot this year. But he never, he never came up. And to me, that tells you that they look at guys like Tanner Caro and Ryan Hartman and Vinny Henestrosa and Dennis Rasmussen and Richard Panic. They look at all of those guys as better fits for their system. Tells you everything you need to know about the former first-round pick, and doesn't shock me at all that he was used in a trade. Yeah, like this. and to get a a legitimate asset in Johnny Oduya, um, it's it's a great move. And even if that does become a third-round pick, that means the Hawks did very well in the playoffs, and I don't think anyone's upset about that correct. at all. So, um, all in all, I like the whole thing. We've seen one game of Thomas Yurko. Is that correct? One or two? I think just one. Yep, only one. He he played uh, against St. Louis on Here's Sunday, my grand conclusion. So my grand conclusion on Thomas Yurko is he's fast and he can have the puck, but then he skates into a defenseman and loses the puck. That, that, that's what yeah. I've seen from him so far. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously I'm kidding, but uh, you know he's got some skill if he can put it together here. Like we talked about when the trade broke during the last podcast, a very similar to Richard Panic situation. Give up, you know, a guy with some upside – Give up very little to get him, and yep. if you make something out of him, great. And if not, no big loss. And it's a third-round pick. It's not like I, I get the idea that third-round picks teams should be able to hit on, you know, occasionally mm-hmm. get a good player in that spot in the draft, but it's also not like a guaranteed thing at all, especially where the Blackhawks are hoping to be picking. They're hoping to be picking the back end of the third round, like around pick number, what is it, it'll be like 90-91 this year because you have Vegas added into the right. mix, so... Blackhawks are hoping that they're picking toward the back end of the third round, and that pick's not really going to matter. So that a third-round pick for that is basically meaningless. What I thought was interesting today was listening to people bring up the fact that, Tom, that Thomas Vanek from the Red Wings basically was the exact same return as Thomas Yurko. And it made me wonder, aside from like potential cap issue maybe, why wouldn't the Blackhawks maybe go for Vanek instead of Thomas Yurko. I, I have a thought on that, but I'm interested to hear what you have My to initial say. thought with that is that they really think that Yurko can be someone they can keep along, keep around long-term. This summer, he's going to be a restricted free agent. They will have the opportunity to re-sign him. It's very unlikely he's going to sign for mm-hmm. anything more than a million dollars, if I doubt it's even that much, um, as opposed to Vanek, who's an unrestricted free agent who had a good year in Detroit and will probably look to make some money this summer. They would trade it for a guy that they can keep around if they choose to. And I, uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Vanek's a better player. There's no doubt about it. But I like sort of the long view here from the Hawks. We talk about this all the time. A team is pressed against the cap as the Blackhawks are. They need inexpensive talent. And if you need guys like Richard Panic who are going to come in and provide you cheap help and have controllable contracts and controllable contract situations. Exactly right. And that is exactly what Yurko is now, and it's exactly what he will be next year if the Hawks decide to keep him. I'm assuming they're going to. Um, you know, it, yep. it just it, that was not a name on a lot of people's radar, but you saw Pierre Lebrun said Yurko's the guy the Blackhawks have wanted for some time. So that's not just like a, eh, let's, let's see what we can do with the deadline. That's someone they targeted. That's someone they think they can make they, into something. They exactly him. right. Yep. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, were you a little bit surprised the Blackhawks didn't end up moving Ville Poca at the trade deadline? I, I knew there was a lot of like kind of smoke around him that they were maybe like offering him up for 
another prospect or two or maybe like a decent draft pick or something are you a little bit surprised that they're gonna hold on uh, to him I, yeah just because of the smoke recently i don't think there's any problem with holding on to him again he's another guy correct me if i'm wrong will be a restricted free agent uh th- this summer you are, you are correct uh yeah. and uh, you know when they say they're shopping guys you know say they because mark mcneil's name was there too if mcneil and and poker are the guys you're dangling it all depends on which team you're talking to. Maybe one team wants a defenseman, one team wants a forward. So it's possible that just because he was dangled out there doesn't mean they necessarily wanted to trade him or needed to trade him, but it was a piece they were willing to move to get what they wanted. So um, I'm not totally surprised. If they moved him for a pick, it wouldn't have shocked me either. But um, I don't think they were right. necessarily like, we have to rid ourselves of Vili Polka. I, don't, I didn't get that sense at all. I did sort of get that sense with McNeil, though. Do you think you got? You think you have a chance to see him maybe get moved at the draft? Like maybe get like packaged with Marcus Kruger and the Blackhawks try to shed some cap space and maybe try to get a decent draft pick and a prospect. Do you think that's something you could see happening? I don't. I really don't eliminate anything with Bowman. I think that he's always several steps ahead of where uh, the fans are thinking, where even the media is thinking. He's got a plan. It, it's clear, and sometimes it's it's tough to see in the present time. But as, t- as time goes on, you see it unfold. And I know that uh, if there's a way he can make the team better, he has considered it. He's looked into it. And a great example of that is what happened yesterday when he re-signed Michael Roosevelt and Jordan Tutu. My initial response was, why? Like Why? But then you think about it for a second, and then all of a sudden makes all the sense in the yes, world. You're a much more eloquent man than I am. So I'm going to put you on the spot and see if you can sort of explain to the listeners why that move made sense uh, when considering the expansion draft coming up. Simply put, this move gives them two more players now that will be eligible to be taken in the expansion draft, and it gives them the opportunity to protect Ryan Hartman instead of having to expose him to the draft. That's pretty much the only reason you would re-sign Jordan Tutu at this point. Very cheap deal. I think it's only like 600k. Roosevelt is 650. I think uh, two two is seven hundred. I think they both signed very cheap deals for next year. Clearly, all it is is making them, you know, they're going to be exposed for the uh, expansion draft. They wanted to make sure they could protect Ryan Hartman, and this deal gives them the opportunity to do that. And I don't think it's likely that either of those guys were to get picked, but it at least fulfills the requirements the Blackhawks had to have to have guys who had 40 NHL games and 70 total experience games as the exposed guys. And I think that was the big reason for the signing, and they're cheap enough that it totally makes sense to do it if it means you can keep Ryan And correct me if I'm wrong, I I saw this somewhere, and I I should have written it down, but um, isn't it true that Roosevelt could be waived before the season penalty-free? Or just outright released? Well, if you if you waive him, uh, you you're not on the hook for any money because he's below the nine hundred thousand right. dollar threshold. So, I mean that that it, it makes all the sense in the world to me. The Blackhawks just say, "Hey, Mike, thanks for that. We're gonna go ahead and waive you and send you to Rockford. And if you want to play in Rockford, that's great. If you want us to, you know, release you, we can do that too. The Blackhawks aren't gonna try to dick him around. They're gonna let him do what he wants to." What he wants to do if he's not really part of their future plan for and next this season. And a thing that we all need to keep in mind when things like this happen, uh, and we look at Roosevelt sort of as 
like a video game character. Like, this is just a guy, and all we know him as is a person that plays hockey, and we know he doesn't do it very well anymore. He's a guy that Joel Quenville adores. He's a guy that the and teammates like to have Joel around. Anymore, he's he been in the league what, forever because he's 900 years old, as we know. He's doing the with job a lot of experience. for what they need him you to know, do. It's a guy that and yes, it would be better to have someone, like someone younger that would be more ideal. But for what not. they use Michael Roosevelt for, he's fine. Yeah, that's... Pretty much nailed it right on the head, and that's, I think, exactly why they feel comfortable giving him the deal that they have. And, you know, I don't I don't really look at him as a guy next season that you're going to be particularly worried about. No, he's making 650 k They They can bury that money if they need to. It's not going to be an issue. Exactly. Uh, so Ryan Hartman is protected. That is a huge win. I would pay, uh, you know, <laughs> just over a million bucks to protect Ryan Hartman. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's worthwhile, and that's pretty much what the Hawks did. So, and he's under contract for next season, so they don't have to worry about uh, you know saving up money to re-sign him. They will have to re-sign guys like Panic and Yurko and Tanner Caro, but Ryan Hartman not on that list. Yep, and none of those guys either are going to make. I think you could probably get all those guys wrapped up for what four, five. Yeah, if that. I mean, that's that's pretty. Uh, the solid. only guy I can see really getting a decent sized pay bump would be Richard Panic. That'd be it. But if you're an opposing GM, are you investing a lot of money in Richard Panic? Have you no. seen enough to say this is a guy I'm going to give three, four million dollars to? No. And, and, yeah. And the black. And honestly, like, what's the incentive to do that? I mean, you can find guys who can score fifteen, twenty goals. You can find them for relatively cheap. It's not like you need to potentially give up draft picks to do that i don't think that opposing gms are going to be necessarily lining up to do that i agree we're on the same page well that's boring (laughs) (laughs) well i know today you wrote about the uh trade deadline looking at the division let's let's discuss that let's see who got better who got worse who stayed the same um but man you know i saw a tweet today speaking about the division that said, uh, if they get hot, the Golden Knights can catch the Avalanche. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes, because the Golden Knights officially today can make moves now. Apparently, yeah, 50- they, they made their last payment to the NHL. They are now eligible to make moves. How funny is that? Like, really, if they started playing today, in theory, they could catch. They could. They could catch the Avalanche. I mean, it would be it would all be a matter of, obviously, getting enough players to actually feel the team. But still, I mean, that... It's kind of cool, though, that, like, you have a team. Like, we really have 31 teams now. Like, this is a real thing. Yeah. So well, here, all right, let's 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 say this. Right now, uh, in a seven-game series, would you take the as-assembled Vegas Golden Knights or the Avalanche? Prob- probably the Avalanche, since the Knights really don't have anything yet. All right, as <laughs> in seven, but it's going to take overtime. <laughs> They're literally going to be playing, like, the front office. <laughs> yeah. George McPhee can snap off a wrister now and again, so to yeah. speak. Speaking of that, did you see Theo Epstein taking batting practice? He hit he hit Dempster pretty good a couple of times. I mean, I'm just w- surprised Dempster didn't walk him. Once Dempster started throwing that split finger, though, oof. That, that pitch had some movement on it. He, he might be a little bit dangerous for Team Canada come World Baseball Classic time. You're not even going to acknowledge my great joke about Ryan Dempster? Nope, I'm ignoring it. <sighs> it's gold. That's all I got. I can't do anything better than that, so I'm just not getting a laugh from you, apparently. You know what? Why don't we... <laughs> what? I'm trying not to let your ego get too big here, man. <laughs> let, let, yeah, thank let, you. Let's be honest. Okay, so 
I, I did a out of five stars rating on each one of the Central Division teams of the trade deadline. Okay. I gave two of the teams four out of five stars, and that was the highest rating I gave out. Which two teams did I give that to? I'm going to say the Blackhawks. Correct. And the Predators? No, I gave the Predators three out of five. Okay. Fill me in. I gave four out of five stars to Dallas. Because Dallas acquired a crap ton of picks for a lot of guys that are not going to really be part of their future. They got a pick from the Blackhawks. They got a good pick from Anaheim. They got a prospect from Columbus. They got a pick from Montreal. They, I think they did a nice job of acquiring picks and prospects. And, I mean, do you really think Jordy Ben is going to be the key to a Stanley Cup run next season? Yes. You really think they were going to retain <laughs> Patrick Eves or Lori Korpakoski? No. I, I think the Stars did a really good job with considering the situation that they found themselves in. Okay, fair point. Yeah. You mentioned the Predators you gave, what, three and a half? Three. Three, three yep. Okay, tell me why. There's I, a dryer I, buzzing. <laughs> I gave uh, the Predators three because I didn't really feel like there was a move out there that they could do to really improve the team a whole hell of a lot. But acquiring P.A. Parentau, I know that a lot of people wanted him in Chicago. Would have been a really nice uh, depth piece in the bottom six forwards. I think that's exactly what Nashville needed. So I think that was a solid trade for them. So I gave them three out of five. That's fair, especially right under the deadline they got him in. It looked like the yep. deadline had expired, and they didn't do anything. But Parento was a nice addition. Um, some some offense that's uh, been underrated for a lot. It's a guy that's been around Never a big superstar, but has always consistently scored. Uh, and Blackhawks legend, P.A. Parento, yes. I remind people. I also gave one other team in the division three out of five stars. Can you guess who it is? Uh, the Blues. Incorrect. I only gave them two, actually. Okay. Because I... Well, that narrows I, it down. I looked at the trade. It's It was a fair move, I think, what they got for Kevin Shattenkirk. But looking at what some other teams got for like players who aren't as good as Shattenkirk is feel like the Blues maybe had to undersell a little bit. Just okay, because, tell me the rest. Because teams that, you know, they they kind of knew that St. Louis was kind of in a, a position where they had to trade him. So I think the Blues didn't really have any leverage. And they did a decent job, but not a great one. And I obviously think it hurts them for the short term, too. Okay. What do you got? The uh, Jets and Avalanche. The Jets and the Avalanche both got two out of five. The Jets... And the Avs have the same issue. They don't know whether they want to rebuild or not. And I know the trade deadline is not a really good time to start a teardown of a team. But at the same time, neither team really has a direction, do they? No, absolutely not. I, I mean, the, I know the Avs, you're going to get a better return for Matt Duchesne and Gabriel Landeskog if you trade them near the draft or something like that. Or maybe like a Tyson Berry, maybe. But I really do feel like the Avalanche, they they need to decide what they want to do. Clearly what they're doing now is not working. And I feel like Joe Sackick just keeps like spinning his wheels and he's not really doing anything to make the team better. So that's more an indictment of their front office approach than necessarily just what they did at the deadline. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, we heard the rumors of Duchesne and earlier in the year, uh, Landis Cog and they've got all this young talent, like you said, and they just don't know what the hell to do with it. And yeah, and yet they can't get it figured out at all. Well, this is my thing. Like, I'm glad that sports are getting smarter 
you know, front offices are getting more. And I'm not just, a, especially in hockey, I'm not a stats wonk where I just like, well, his course, he says he's good, so he's good. I don't really believe that. I think the eye test has a lot of value mm-hmm. in hockey. But um, with this movement towards analytics, you're getting coaching hires and GM hires that are not like, well, this guy, he's a former avalanche, and he knows what it means to wear the Navy mauve and gray. Like You know what I mean? <laughs> That's so dumb. Like, Joe Sackick was a great player. C- congratulations. You know, Steve Eiserman's like the one real exception to the rule of former player as GM. You know, Dale Talon did a good job as a GM, there's no doubt, but he was never a star player just brought in for his – you know, because, well, he understands what it means to be an Av. No, he was a guy that first he was a broadcaster, dabbled in front office stuff and was named GM. And, he, you know, he earned it. And over time, he improved big time. Yeah, I just I think the era of naming the former star player a coach or GM, it's starting to go away. And I think that's a good thing. I completely agree. Um, the team, the other team I gave three out of five stars to was uh, Minnesota. I, I feel like. If Martin Hansel ends up working out and they can get him to play as a top six winger, that makes the Wild a very, very good team and one of the top three or four teams in the NHL. But if he doesn't and he has to move back to center, that price tag was a little excessive considering they gave up three draft picks and a prospect to get him. Yeah, and they're already a really good team, and they already have a really good chance at winning a Stanley Cup. And yes, yeah, they they're probably better with Martin Hansel, but I don't think he's going to be. When we look back on it, if the Wild do win the Stanley Cup, it wasn't we're not going to say of him. <laughs> exactly right. Martin Hansel was the difference between a cup. Of course, depth. We've we've talked the last few weeks. We've mentioned this about the Hawks. Is the reason they've been able to win is because they've had such depth, mm-hmm. and Hansel makes them a deeper team for sure. Yep. Definitely. So um, I'm glad – I like when teams go for it. I'm a big fan of what the Wild did. Uh, I love that the Caps said, we're really good. Let's get even better. I went and got Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, they did. I like the Toronto. I, Brian Boyle is a nice player, not a huge difference maker in my mind. Right. But that sends a great message to a young team at the trade deadline of saying, look, we're going to go for it. We're going to try to get a guy that's going to help us right now with playoff experience and leadership and blah, 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 all those things you need during a cup run. And they went and got Brian Boyle. I like that. I, that, that I, I, that's, I was a little that, shocked they gave up Frankie Corrado in that trade to get Eric Fair. That that surprised me a little bit. Yeah, that was strange. That was sort of strange. And that was another one of those last minute, like, is Eric Fair going to? Yeah. Uh, that guy's just a, a total journeyman mm-hmm. and doesn't really add much aside from here I am on the ice doing <laughs> things. Here you know? I am taking up space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I like that. That was good. Good writing. Thank good writing, Dicky. Yeah, I did a good thing. You did. You so, did a good okay, thing. Now I have to ask you the big question. Who is the team to beat after the trade deadline in the NHL? Who do you think I, is the best team in the league? I think it's the Washington Capitals still. And I know that their history is, uh, you know, sucking in the playoffs or choking in the playoffs. They've got the best goalie. They've got a world-class uh, set of forwards, including maybe the best player in the league in Alex Ovechkin. They've solidified their blue line with Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, if they're healthy, to me, they're the team to beat, at least in the Eastern Conference. You can't and Brain forget Holby's about Pitch- really good, too. Brain Holby's yeah. an awesome goaltender. Yes, I mentioned that. Thanks for listening to the show, jerk. You actually cut out a little bit on my Skype, so I'll blame that. Oh, okay. I'm still going to call you a jerk. I'm not going to cut that out. Works I think for me. Was- I, yeah, well, whatever. Because <laughs> I'm mad at you for not laughing at my Ryan Dempster joke. <laughs> well, you know what? At least it was better than his impression of Harry Carey. 
Everything is better than that. <laughs> Hemorrhoids are better than that. All of all of the worst puns I've ever come up with in my life are better than that. And in the Western Conference, I'm going to say, I think it's the Hawks. Yeah, I, I know too. it sounds homerish, but yeah. uh, if you're betting on the Western Conference, are you bet taking any other team? I don't think so. We've seen how the Hawks have played against the Wild lately. Uh, very well, yeah. <laughs> you know. Minnesota's really talented and really fast, but I don't see much of a system there. I think Matt McClure said on on Twitter that Bruce Pedro's, uh "Hey guys, go get him." Coaching system is not necessarily going to work in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So yeah, we'll see. Like we said, they're stacked, they're loaded, they're kicking ass in a regular season. Uh, the Hawks went nine and one in February and barely made a dent in their divisional. Yeah, lead, they're still so. what five points out. Five points out. Uh, the Wild have a game in hand as well, so um, you know they're they're playing great, but it's a different different story when the playoffs start. So we'll mm. see, we'll see what the Wild have. I'm interested. I if if they somehow get through the Hawks or the Hawks get out in the first round, I'm going to be rooting for them. I, I I like what they've done. I like their team. I like their players. It's uh you know I hope they do well because another legitimate contender in the Hawks division is really good for the sport. And it's really good for, uh, you know, hockey in Chicago and Minnesota, There is one other Western Conference team that I feel like could potentially work their way into that conversation with Chicago and Minnesota. Okay. Anaheim. I think Anaheim, they've got, I think, a very interesting team. They've got, you know, good strengths in certain areas. I thought the Patrick Eves trade was really good for them. There's one thing about Anaheim, though, that I don't like, and that's the guy on the bench. I, mm-hmm. I, I think Randy Carlisle is a buffoon, and I do not understand why they brought him back. I, I, I just think that was the wrong move to make, and that's the one reason why I look at the Ducks and I don't put them quite in the category of Chicago and Minnesota. Uh, that's totally fair, but you're right. When you are that loaded with talent as the Ducks are, they should be and big physical talent too. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I know that's not as much, not as important as it used to be in the NHL, but, um, no human it, being can withstand that kind of punishment <laughs> for seven games. Well, you know what? He, he was kind of right. Cause they almost didn't. No, they did not. Yeah. They, <laughs> you know. they were very close to not withstanding it, but then they did. So right. yeah. Yeah. So I, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but again, I'm, I'm not picking against the Hawks and I know again, I sound really homerish, but from what I've seen lately, you got Jonathan Taves back healthy, just kicking ass, the number one star of the month, uh, much to the chagrin of the Predators fans who do have a little bit of a, a beef. A very legitimate beef because <laughs> Philip Forsberg was bonkers in February. He was crazy good. Yeah, 10 goals in five games. Is that what he did? I think it was 11. Yeah, 10 goals in five games. I think he had 11 total for the month. So That's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, he's a, by the way, speaking of uh, Predators, I made a fantasy hockey trade. Finally made a hockey trade. Oh, I acqui- yeah, I got to make one. I acquired Ryan Johansson in exchange for Nino Niederreiter. What do you think? Uh, that's exciting. I think, <laughs> well, I, I think it was a good trade for me. I, I have made it a point this season to have a lot of versatility among my wingers and I parlayed that into another center, and I think I probably got the best center group in the entire league. Just saying. Solid. Uh, Ingenberger uh, proposed – he keeps proposing trades to me, and I keep rejecting him just to be a jerk. Um, <laughs> I, but he gave me a good one this the, morning. That's who I made the Johansson trade with, was <laughs> he Ingenberger. He wants to shake it up. I got to find it. I'm going to accept it, Ingenberger. I just have to get my app up and do it. 
Uh, let me grab it here. I'm just scrolling through my phone. This is riveting, riveting stuff. Okay, uh, I'm going to get uh, Miku Koivu, and he's going to get Braden Chen. So I'll take that deal. I, it's my well, guy. Yeah, because I have... everyone knows you love Miko Koivu, so naturally, yeah, that's going to be I the do. trade you're going to make. Yes, he went for my soft spot, and he got it. <clears throat> I will. Last week we debuted a brand new segment, so let's get to it again. It is now time for the Sin Bin. Let's enter the Sin Bin on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. You go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. James, would you like to go first in this week's edition of the Sin Bin? As you guys know, I am not a Catholic, so I don't, I don't strictly observe Lent. I normally don't give stuff up, but this year I decided that I was going to try. I was going to give something up for Lent this year, and I decided on two things that I was going to pick between. One was alcohol, and the other was soda. I decided I cannot live without beer. That Let that, you know, <laughs> sit in your head for a second. You can make any judgments you want. I don't care. I decided to give up soda for Lent. I woke up at about 8.30 this morning and started working and getting ready for NHL draft deadline stuff or NHL trade deadline stuff, walked over to my refrigerator, grabbed a cherry Coke out of the fridge, drank the entire thing, and as I put the can down when I finished, I realized that it took me less than nine hours to screw up my Lent thing. If you looked at it, said, I know I gave this up, but I'm going to do it anyway, that's different. But if you went to your fridge, casually grab one, drink it, and you're like, oh, crap, I forgot, That's not. You, it was an honest mistake. Those happen during Lent. I still feel like less than nine hours, though. I feel like that has to be some kind of a record for screwing up. Well, see, I you just it just dawned on me that I did the same thing today. Oh, is I made sure I did not. I didn't even realize it. I made sure I did not have meat with my breakfast. I had a blueberry muffin, uh-huh. and then for lunch, uh, Mitch treated everybody to cheeseburgers from Tavern at the Park. I ate it what uh, five hours ago, and it just took this conversation for me to realize that I had meat on Ash Wednesday. <laughs> It was a totally honest, just like, a, oh, yeah, cool, burgers, that sounds good, because it's not on your mind all the time. See, so, now, we're, now we're taking Sinbin to a literal level that I don't <laughs> think we anticipated doing. <laughs> Listen, I don't think, I know Jesus well, okay? We're, yeah, we're you, you and him are tight. Yeah, I know. We've I, heard he the stories. He doesn't care if you if you make a mistake, even if you have a moment of weakness. The intention is there, and if you do your best, uh, God and Jesus and both of them are not going to be upset with you. So... Uh, I think that's just kind of my rule of thumb in general. Whether you're an atheist or a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew or whatever, uh, just do your best to be a good person and you'll be fine. Is that's, that fair? Hey, man, that's some good life advice, man. Don't don't be an asshole. Treat people right and you're good. All right, it's time for me to confess my multiple sins, even though I just Yeah, Yay, multiple. All right, do you yeah. want the hockey one or the non-hockey one first? Well, I figure since we're already on the non-hockey track, why don't we go there first? All right, are you aware of who Rachel Dolezal is? I've heard the name. I could okay. not pick her out of a lineup. I'll remind you, she was the, I think it was last year, she was a, um, I forget what her job was, but she posed to be a black woman and she was white. Oh, God. Do you remember her with the curly oh, hair? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, she was in the news again this week and she changed her name. I didn't even read it. I just saw the headline and it just sparked my memory that I have a crush on her. I think she's super cute. 
with her curly little hair and she's got like a little button nose and uh, a nice smile. She's got like kind of an Amy Poehler vibe going on. I mean, she's a detestable human being, but um, I think she's cute. So there's my non-hockey sin. Oh, oh my uh, goodness. Yeah, um, all right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm sorry, man. You're kind of on your own here. I, no, I figured I would be. No, when, I, when I tell people that, they just stare at me like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Thanks. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm just being as honest as I can be. And then my hockey <laughs> sin. Today, yeah. you're not going to believe this, but today... Uh, we saw that the Carolina Hurricanes were shopping Tavo Teravainen. Yes. And my first thought, not interested. <gasps> really? Yeah. I, I don't want to go through the whole thing again. Ah, yes. That makes as, sense. As much as I like him and as much as I think he could grow to be a really good and consistent player, I don't want to go through the frustration of it again. I don't want to go through the disappointment of it again. I don't want to go through the hemming and hawing and the arguing about it again. I just, I'm kind of glad it's over. Now that he's gone to Carolina and not turned into a superstar, I'm kind of good with it. So I know that's a shocking revelation, and it sort of surprised me. But when I saw that headline, I knew people were going to talk to me about it, and I just thought, eh, I'm really not interested in Tavo Teravine returning to the Blackhawks. I, I definitely think you're on the right track with that, for the record. Thank you. Wife, do you feel better? Yeah, I do. I... I, I felt really bad when I got done, like, drinking that soda. I was like, man, I – shocking lack of, like, you know, awareness. You know, I try to – I've been trying lately to be more present in every moment, just kind of, like, savor life kind of thing. Yeah. And I felt like I really let myself down with that because I was like, you know, if I had really stopped to think about that for a second as I pulled the soda out of the fridge and was drinking it, pretty sure it would have come to me a lot sooner if I had actually been, you know, doing what I've honestly been attempting to do recently in my life. So I, I appreciated the, uh, the vote of confidence from you on that. And I, I definitely am going to, I'm going to give it another go, I think. All right. Well, you were living life, so that's why you forgot. So you are forgiven. My Fair son. enough. Yeah. Thank God. All right. The sin bin was brought to you by our friends at Mariska's restaurant, 604 Theodore street, and Crest Hill, just west of Route 53, family-owned and operated since 1933, third and fourth generations of the Z, 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 B, 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 of the Z family serving you. <laughs> Listen to this. For Lent, speaking of Lent, Icelandic cod fish sticks, like fish and chips, oh, are God. available in Marishka's no this week. Way. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, I, I want to go tonight, and Hope said, let's just go... Uh, Let's just go on the weekend. I said, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, two-piece beer-battered Icelandic cod with salad and French bread. That is the special on uh, all Fridays in Lent and tonight at Marishka's. So make sure you go there. Of course, if you go on a day that's not, by the way, it's nine ninety-five for all that. That is ridiculously cheap. So, that's a um, really good deal. If you go there on a non-meat day and you want to uh, enjoy some of their other offerings, the poor boy is world famous. That's their thing. That's their specialty. Make sure you try that the first time you go to Marishka's. They got great steaks, seafood, chops, everything you need. A full menu for carryout, a full bar with craft beers, banquet facilities for groups of up to 110 people. So visit them at marishkas.com and check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas. Open seven days a week and close only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. And James, with that, it's time to debut another new segment. This one sort of stumbled upon me and Hope this week. 
or last week, um, we were sitting around, we were watching hockey and talking about um, jerseys. And me and you have talked about um, the Minnesota Wild jerseys a lot. And we asked my six-year-old daughter, Addie, her opinion on the Wild jersey. So it's time for us to introduce Addie's Fashion Corner. Hi, Addie. Hi. Okay. Do you see this jersey on my phone, the Minnesota Wild jersey? Yep. It's the white, it's the Minnesota Wild road jersey. Can you describe what the jersey looks like? Go ahead. So it looks like um, it has a lot of decorations, and it really looks good because uh, I like how the laces are, like, by... um. Up on the chest there? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I like how the numbers are on the back, and then on each of the sleeves, the numbers. Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. Can you tell me what animal that is on the front of the jersey there? I have no idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a bear. Does that look like a bear to you? Nope, not at all. Okay, and do you see what they're trying to do with the, with the bear? Yeah. There's a moon and a star and a forest and a river. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Do you like that? Do you think that's cool? Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, what would you do to make this jersey better, Eddie? Hmm. Actually, I would um change the lace color. Oh. They're green now. What would you change it to? I would change it to probably red. Or yellow. Red or yellow. That's a really great thought. Addie, thank you. We really enjoyed our first version of Addie's Fashion Corner. You're welcome. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. And there was your first edition of Addie's Fashion Corner, sponsored by <laughs> Triple Threat Sports. Yeah. You know Triple Threat Sports is the best place to go to get your jerseys lettered, NHL, NFL, whatever. But did you know they're also the best place to go if your team needs jerseys too? Whether you're an elite travel, high school, or college program that needs to outfit hundreds of kids, or if you're a beer and pizza league team with 12 players, Triple Threat can put you in pro-quality jerseys at pricing you can afford. Triple Threat can work with you on every aspect of the job, too. Logo design, fitting, apparel for off-ice, you name it. And you don't have to be a hockey player to wear uniforms from Triple Threat. They can get uniforms and apparel for all sports, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So for more info, call Chris at 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090, or email him for more info at chris at triplethreadsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. I think that went very well. I think that went very smoothly, yes. She did a terrific job. Next week, I got to get her some headphones. She couldn't hear you. She was hard set on doing it this week, so I couldn't say we're going to wait. She really wanted to do it. She was really excited to do it, so we had to let her. Who's going to yeah. tell a six-year-old no? Not me. By the way, Addie was in her full uh, Ray from Star Wars costume during that whole thing. Aha, uh -huh. <laughs> yes. Before we get to the emails, I did want to mention one quick thing. And I'm curious on your thoughts of this. Um, obviously, the Blackhawks are playing the Penguins tonight. It's Wednesday night when we're recording this. The, Of course, tonight is Wednesday night rivalry. Do mm -hmm. you really... Why? Do, can't you just, like, for a week say, you know what, screw the branding, we don't need to do it, because... No one in their right mind thinks the Blackhawks and the Penguins are rivals, right? Uh, I think the perceived rivalry is Taves and Crosby. I guess. But is that really much of a rivalry? <laughs> They've only played each other, what, once? Twice? It, yeah, it feels like a handful of times. Speaking of which, today is the four or the three-year anniversary of the uh, Stadium Series game, which I think was their first ever meeting. Correct. And uh, one of the finest moments there was Taves was mic'd up 
and Crosby dove and he called him on it and was ragging on him. Yes, he was, and I really enjoyed that. So if they want to focus on that aspect of it, the Crosby versus Taves thing, I'll listen. But the teams themselves are not rivals in any kind of way. No, you're right. You've got the cup final, obviously. Um but you yeah, know, that's the like the White Sox. Of course, it's like the White Sox and Dodgers. Like World Series rematch. When was that? Like uh, fifty you know, years like, ago. Yeah. No, no one cares. Yeah, or no like one... when the White Sox play the Astros. Now that they're both in the same league, it's like, um, no, no, that's <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> All right, I'm with you on that. But you know what? We have. I gotta say, they're trying. They're trying to market. They've got the Star Sunday where they make sure star players are highlighted all the time. That's a good idea. They're yep. trying. It's baby steps. Excuse me, that was gross. It's baby steps for this league um, when almost every marketing decision they make is wrong. Uh, when they do come up with something that's somewhat cute or thematic, I guess you got to give them some support. Are they doing the ISO cam thing, by the way, on the website like they were a couple of years ago? You know, I have stopped trying to use the website because it's such such trash <laughs> that yeah. I don't even really bother, so I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm not going to talk too much smack being that, you know, NBC employs me, etc., but, yeah, they need to do better. I don't think the NBC that employs you, though, is responsible for the hockey coverage ad- decisions. Fair enough. Yeah, you're allowed to have an opinion. Come on. <laughs> it's what you're paid for. Now are I- you ready for emails? Yes, now I am ready for emails. Thank you for indulging me in that little brief uh, foray into NHL marketing. Let's do it. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is sponsored by the Black Oak. A great addition, a newish addition to the South Suburbs. The Black Oak is a full-service restaurant and tavern located in 9630 South Pulaski in Oaklawn. The Black Oak serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner with hours from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. seven days a week with signature burgers consisting of a proprietary blend of beef brisket, beef chuck and short rib, and a steak sandwich made from Australian Wagyu sirloin you're sure to love every bite. With 13 TVs, you're sure to catch every minute of the Blackhawks, so stop by for an outstanding meal and stay for the great atmosphere. Contact the Black Oak at 708-572-4500 or on Facebook at facebook.com slash blackoaktavern. The Black Oak, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining. We talked about Marishka's beer-battered Icelandic cod. Now is a great time to go to the Black Oak and try their awesome fish tacos. They are amazeballs, as the kids say. As the kids say nowadays, yeah, in the parlance of our times. Yes. Uh, Okay, so a little bit of an update to our email segment. Uh, For whatever reason, our podcast has blown up over the last, what, two or three months? Yeah. Once again in February, we had over 6,000 downloads. Um, that doesn't even count people that just stream it. That doesn't count people that just listen to it, uh, you know, on the Patreon site. Or, the, I'm, I'm sorry, the Podomatic site. Uh, we have a, a, a butt-ton of listeners. With that comes a butt-ton of emails. This week we got 50 emails. So, obviously, we're not going to be able to get to all of them. I went through and I uh, sort of randomly picked some of the ones we're going to get on Uh we have a lot of regulars. I Because we have so many new emailers, I want to make sure I get their questions in. I'm sure our regulars like Salsa Shark and uh, Gingenburger and those people will understand if they get a week off. We'll, we'll answer your questions uh, via email, but we can't possibly get to all of them. We want to get some new people in this week. So with that, uh, with that qualifier, our first email comes from Peter K. He says, hey, gents from sunny Queensland. Oh, nice, dude. That's awesome. 
he's responding to our homework assignment. Last week we asked people um, how they've sort of how their feelings on Patrick Kane have evolved from last summer to now. Um, we were sort of conflicted still, you and I, and we want to know how the how the listeners felt. Uh, we got a lot of response to that. So again, we can't get to all of them, but some of the uh, shorter ones we're going to highlight here. So as he said, my homework assignment. I appreciate Kane as a hockey player and do find it easy to enjoy what he does on the ice, but it stops there for me. I think he's got a lot to be desired as a quality human being. With the off-ice controversies over the years, it'd be great to see a heartfelt charity effort by him uh, to at-risk women to show support towards the, to, toward, towards the world's most victimized people group. Just a thought. It's a great idea. And you it's a great, saw tremendous a- idea. Andrew Shaw, who used the uh, FAG word, I guess I just spelled it, uh, last year in the playoffs, has gone out of his way to become uh, a somewhat of an advocate for gay rights. And he's the representative in Montreal for You Can Play. Uh, and that's a good thing. Maybe it's not totally sincere, but it's hard to question that when he said, look, I was very apologetic. I was very sorry. I didn't really think about what I was saying when I said it. Uh, and now he's taking action uh, to back up those words. It would be great to see Patrick Kane do something. And, and we see very little of that from him. And maybe he does it behind the scenes. And you do see him at the hospital visits and things like that. But, you know, Duncan Keith has an event. And Brent Seabrook has an event. And Jonathan Taves is out there uh, helping people all the time. It would be nice to see Kaner get out there a little bit more often than we've seen so far. And I do understand the idea of, like, not wanting to appear disingenuous. But you know what? I'd rather you appear disingenuous and actually do something to help than the alternative, which is to kind of brush it under the rug. So I, I definitely agree with that, and I think that was a tremendous – that's a very good response to that question, I think. Yeah, all, and all of them are very thoughtful. Uh, here's a question, too. He says, can you break down how to do a Chicago accent and keywords to incorporate? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get the sausage, yep. and uh, you got, it's like a uh, – Bullish, uh, bullish sort of sausage, sausage, my friend. It's you not get... friend. It's friend. Like yeah, F R E N T. Friend. Yeah. yeah. Anything that ends with D ends with a T. Uh, anything that ends. Bears. It's not running. It's running. Everything is. I'm. I am. I have a very uh, yeah. thick Chicago you accent. You also have to add S's to everything. I'm gonna go down to the jewels. Go down to the jewels <laughs> and get some fried chicken. The jewels. Yep. Yeah. That's it. It's you just gotta get the long A's and you gotta in the tricks. You know, it's pop. Yeah, uh, it's not soda. It's pop. You're yeah, gonna go I get a beef. That. I I'm a terrible uh, Illinois native because I say soda. So yeah, you're and, terrible. Well, well, you know, I'm terrible for a lot of reasons. That doesn't shock me. That's probably the worst. But yeah, you're on the right track. I like I like your enthusiasm. Yeah, man. Come to come to Illinois from God Queensland. What the hell are we doing in our lives that we're our our podcast is reaching other continents, man? That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> How can you not be happy about that? I'm All right. thrilled beyond belief. Email here from Liz. Uh, she also has a thought on the uh, Patrick Kane thing. This one's a little bit longer, but I want to make sure I got a woman's point of view. Um, just catching up on the podcast, and I want to share my perspective on Kane. I agree with you 100% that I don't have any issues with anyone that can just that just can't ever cheer him for being or the Blackhawks again. Sorry. I'll say that again. I agree with you 100% that I don't have any issues with anyone that just can't ever cheer for him or the Blackhawks again, especially because the way the team handled things at the time, it was very tone-deaf at best. I'm a grown woman without kids, so I don't expect 20-something dudes playing sports to be role models, but I was concerned by Patrick Kane's off-ice behavior for years before the events of the summer of 2015 
because I thought the guy had a serious drinking problem that everyone was ignoring as long as he was successful on the ice. The events of 2015 were disturbing, and it was disgusting how it was handled all around, but I don't think the DA covered anything up, and I believe that it was fair that the charges were dropped. Um, so there, that's that's pretty much the thoughts there. I, I, I uh, She said, I won't be buying my niece a cane jersey ever, but I'm glad he's doing well on and off the ice. Okay. Um, one thing I'll say is there was a drinking problem, and it was addressed. It was something that the team was very aware of. It was something that they uh, wanted to nip in the bud the best they can. That's why when what happened last summer, we heard reports of of uh, John McDonough just being nuclear angry about the whole thing, that yeah. he even put himself in that situation. Yeah, so, regardless of what the outcome was of the investigation, the organization was not happy with the way he conducted himself. Definitely. Thank you for the email, Liz, and thanks for listening. Uh, Ginger Burger. I got to lighten it up here. He Ginger says, Burger. <laughs> he says, like usual, I don't have a hockey question. Recently, I got a Johnny Cash earworm and got pulled into nostalgic songs from my youth. What artists bring you back to your youth? Oh, God. that we, we I don't know. This may... I guess my answer could conceivably be a Sin Bin thing, so I want Jay to go first. Uh, okay. My favorite band when I was young was Extreme, the guys that sang more than words. And I know nice. yeah. every time I say that, people laugh at me, but that was an extremely talented and extremely unique band that never got the recognition they deserved it might not be your thing but they were not your typical hair metal band they had a lot of funk they used a lot of horns uh very very influenced by queen they admit as much if you want to be impressed by extreme go to youtube and look up their performance at the freddie mercury uh, memorial concert it was outstanding they did a uh i guess you call it a montage right or a medley a medley is the word of music uh, of queen's hits and it was awesome so uh, that was the band that, t- whenever I hear them, and I still have them on my Spotify favorites playlist, I have about 900 songs on there, and they pop up every now and again, and it always takes me back. And it's still a band that I'll, I listen to with regularity. I'll pop them on in the car ride. It's a, it's a band I love, and they take me back to high school and grade school when I started getting into them. So there, okay. that's my answer. Yeah. Um, there are a couple that I can go with. Um, one of them is Phil Collins and Genesis. Apparently, when I was a baby, Sasudia was, like, my favorite song ever. <laughs> my dad and, used to jam that song all the time. <laughs> yeah, apparently, like, when I was in the crib, my mom would put Sasudio on, and I would, like, kind of nod along to the song and then eventually go to sleep. Apparently, How could you not? Apparently, it was, like, my favorite song. Um, another one, another song specifically, was uh, Take On Me by Aha. That was, like, my favorite song when I was, like, a toddler, and I listened to it all the time, and I always asked to listen to it. But the band, the band that I most closely identify with my childhood and time with my parents, and this is where I'm probably going to get into Sinbin territory, is Styx. And I still listen to Styx to this day because it reminds me of when I was a kid. And I know they're, I know they're cliche, I know they're cheesy, I know they're corny, whatever word you want to throw in front of them, I know they're all of those things, but I still listen to Styx. Okay, fair enough. It's hard, you know, like you said, you qualified your liking of them, and there is some cheese, but they got some really good songs. They do. Come on. They I'm do. done being a music snob. I, I used to be a music snob. If, if it's a song that I like, I'll listen to it. That's my philosophy. If it entertains me, I'm in. You know, I'm not going to encourage my daughter to listen to junk music, but I'm also not going to stop her from doing it. Right. You like what you like, and there's nothing wrong with liking what you like. Agreed. All right. Oh, one more, by the way. Just took me back. 
Um, every year, my godparents, uh, my Aunt Jill and my Uncle Fran, have a tree trimming party every year since I was a tiny kid until now. Um, and they every year they play the John Denver and the Muppets Christmas album. <laughs> and I have it on vinyl. I listen to it every Christmas, and I get choked up listening to it every year. Um, it's just It just takes me back to those parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though it's, you know, it's John Denver and the Muppets, it's not a very serious album. Just hearing those songs brings me back to, like, a really awesome time with all my cousins and my grandparents and everything. So that's that's the record that brings me back, like, way, way, way back. All right. Highly underrated Christmas movie, by the way. A Muppet Christmas Carol with Michael Caine as uh, Scrooge. Terrific movie. That was a fantastic movie. Really I, you, well done. What's great about the Muppet movies, too, is when you watch them again as an adult you find all the humor that was left there for you yep. that you didn't pick up on as a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like right, any and- cartoon in the 90s, though. Like, you go back and watch, like, Animaniacs or Rocco's Modern Life. There were a ton of adult jokes in those shows. And you're like, how did this air? Good God. Yeah, that <laughs> you're right about Like, Ren and Stimpy was like that, too. Yeah. There <laughs> like, were a lot. Yeah. All right, email here from Andrew Merker. He says, hey, guys, I have a hard time cheering for Kane. It seems like the NHL and Blackhawks are comfortable this year to start increasing his exposure again mm-hmm. as he was on the All-Star Game ads and is promoting local Chevy dealers. I threw out my Kane jersey and bobblehead. When he scores, I try not to celebrate. It just seems like there are people that would serve as better faces of the franchise. Totally agree there. Completely agree. Uh, and then he has another question. I'm a Star Wars fan, and the other day I was thinking about how great it will be to introduce my son eight months I am concerned about showing him the piece of garbage that is episode one. If I show it to him when he's six or nine years old, he'll will he love Jar Jar and the Pod Racers, or should I lie about its existence and wait until he's older so he can understand how awful it was? Much guidance I need. Uh, I my advice would be to just hold off on it. I would um, sh- I would show the movies in the order in which they were released. Honestly, yeah, but I, see, I would treat the prequels like the sex talk, like uh, son. Come come here. Um, I know you're a big fan of Star Wars. And uh, I, I got to be honest with you. I was keeping something from you all these years. Um, it's, this is not an easy conversation to have, but it's time you've had it. There are three movies you don't know about. They're complete trash. Go watch them now. Feel bad about yourself. And then <laughs> you'll know the pain that we've all known all these years. That's how you got to handle it. It's got to oh be like a, a very dramatic revelation of the prequels because they are hot garbage and especially now with uh rogue one and force awakens and the soon to be the last jedi um it's time to just sort of push those prequels in the background speaking of uh movies that are forthcoming the new guardians of the galaxy trailer that dropped yesterday yes god am i pumped for that movie i think i've listened to the chain 15 times since <laughs> yeah <laughs> since man, that i i, I freaking love kurt russell so the fact that he's gonna be uh, Star Lord's dad. Yeah. I. Oh my God! I'm so excited. That movie's I was surprised. Be so great. I was surprised they revealed that yeah, in the me trailer. Too. Me too. But you I, know what? It's a good hook. It gets people interested in the movie for sure. I thought it was going to be a cliffhanger. Like, who are you? Fade to black. Yeah. yeah. They, I, you know, they could have handled it that way, but I think like the hardcore Marvel nerds already knew about it, so yeah. it, it wasn't something they were really trying to guard. All right, next email comes from uh, our guy Ryan Tennant. Actually, Ryan, I'm going to skip yours because it's infinitely long. Oh, sorry, sorry, buddy. We love you. Uh, Kevin Peek. 
He says, so seeing that Kruger is exposed to the expansion draft, you asked on Twitter, aside from Kruger, who would you miss of any of these players? Um, that would be Rasmussen, Caro, and Kruger. Yeah. He said, uh, no, I wouldn't, but I honestly at this point would rather keep Rasmussen and Caro as centers over Kruger. Now, I like Kruger, but he is a hefty cap hit for yep. a third or fourth line center, and he's had past injury issues. Seems to be a real upside with Rasmussen as well. If Vegas takes Kruger, it'll be sad to see him go, but do the Hawks really lose that much if he goes? Yeah, it's it's. I think especially since the wrist injury, we've seen a drop in his play a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And he can't take face-offs, which is always a little bit unnerving because then you worry about how the long-term prognosis on that wrist. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, man. I... I'm kind of in a a mode where I think it's still a loss to your roster if you lose him, but there are benefits to it too, I guess. So you kind of have to take the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I I think of those guys he mentioned, uh, definitely I think that Rasmussen has the the highest upside. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him. I I completely agree. All right. uh, Here's a question from Ken Bachelman. Says hello, men. Looking at the standings, it would appear that the final wild card spot in each conference will be up for grabs, going down to the final few games. Which two teams do you guys see filling those two spots? Well, I know what this means. I have to look, look up the NHL standings. <laughs> I have them right here for you. <laughs> oh, what a guy you are! So right now, the current wild card teams are Nashville, uh-huh. with seventy-three points. Uh, Anaheim. Wait, Nashville's a wild card team? No, I'm sorry. They, I thought I'm they had idiot. the three seed in the Central. Yes, they do. Calgary and St. Louis have the current wild card Thank spots. Thank you. Okay. Calgary is significantly ahead of St. Louis. They have 72 points. St. Louis has 67. Behind the Blues are the Kings with 66. The Jets with 60. And I think from there we're going to know the Stars are going to fall off. It won't be anybody else. So um, Calgary, St. Louis, uh, or the Kings, who do you got for that last playoff spot? I'm going to go for the wild card spots. I'm going to go with Calgary and the Kings. I, I agree. I think, I, I think the Blues are going to fall off. I really do. Um, the Shattenkirk trade, I think, is going to kind of lower them even further than they already are. I believe they're on like a four-game losing streak right now. I think they would won like six in a row under Mike Yo, and then they just have kind of started hitting the wall again. I, I don't see them. I don't think they've got the goaltending and – I don't really think they've got the scoring either. I think they fall out of the race in the West. I think it's going to be Calgary and L.A. Okay, and in the Eastern Conference, you've got uh, the wildcard teams currently are the Rangers with 82 points. So are going, they're going to be in the – they're going to be in the playoffs, whether it's a, as a wild card or one of the division spots. They're going to be in. Definitely. So realistically, we're only talking about one wild card spot. Right. Uh, so you got the uh, Leafs with 69. Nice. The Islanders and Panthers with 68 each, and the Flyers with 65. I'm going to go with the way it is right now. I think it's going to be the Rangers and Leafs. Leafs will get that last spot. Um, They got better at the deadline. The other teams did not, and they seem to be the ones going for it. So I like what I've seen from them. Uh, The young players are only getting better, so I I think the Leafs are going to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. What I think is going to happen is I think that Florida is going to get hot and I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, I think, I think Ottawa is going to fall off the path a little bit. And I'm going to go ahead and say Boston and Toronto both make it as division teams. And I'm going to say that the wild card teams will be the Rangers and the Panthers. Okay, 
I like that. That's a bold prediction, my friend. But you're right. Ottawa, 72 points. Uh, they're in second place in the Atlantic, but that's not saying much. Boy, they also first have games place... in hand, too. But I also I just don't trust them, man. I really nah. don't. They didn't get better either, really. Um, Bur- like, do you think Burroughs makes a huge difference for them? No. Nah, I don't either. But they do. They locked him up to two more years as soon as they traded for him. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. By the way, the Hawks were uh, interested in him. I don't know if we discussed that on Saturday, but he was one of the guys the Hawks had an eye on. They were looking to sort of upgrade the t- upgrade the toughness mm-hmm. uh, on the bottom six, bringing a guy like Burroughs who's physical and can score. Um, but it didn't work out. I mean, Ottawa gave up a lot to get him, and the Hawks no way were going to match that uh, package. So that one fell apart. Maybe they're better off without him. Who knows? It would have been interesting, though, Certainly. to see the reaction when Alex Burroughs got traded to the Blackhawks. Oh, God, yeah, that would have been um, interesting is one way to put it. <laughs> yes. Uh, outrage might be the other one. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. A couple things I want to mention before we go. If you'd like to support the podcast, make sure you visit our Patreon site, patreon.com slash madhousepod. Lots of donation options on there, so check that out. Also, please make sure you review the podcast. Give it a five-star review and write a little something about it. That helps us move up the charts so people can find us more easily. Uh, helps us move up the iTunes ratings as well. And uh, there's one more week to uh, help out the Rush Hospital Epilepsy Center via 26shirts.com. They have uh, two shirt designs now going to support my sister's cause. Uh, if you don't know, my sister passed away uh, on January 19th. She was 36 years old after a long battle with epilepsy. Um, and we have this uh, charity thing going with 26shirts.com. Check my Twitter. I've tweeted out the link several times, so it should be very easy to find. Eight dollars from each shirt goes directly to the charity. So jump on that. There's a Duncan Teeth design and a Welcome to the Madhouse design, both very, very cool. Um, so make sure to check that out. And if you'd like to just donate, that would be fine as well. So with that, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. The Black Oak and Oakland, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining. And Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. James, I think we're going to talk, what, maybe this weekend or early next week? I think it's Saturday might be a good day. We'll have a couple of Blackhawks games to preview and recap. And, yeah, it's things are going to start really picking up steam here, man. We're entering the home stretch. Can't wait. All right, man, we'll talk to you soon. Everybody, thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Again, thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast from my partner, James Neville. I'm Jay Zawoski. We will talk to you next time. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
When the big wireless carriers start trying to get you to splurge your tax return on the latest nonsense this year, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199 on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. For the ones standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.